Almighty God, thank you so much for the many blessings you've given us. Thank you for this time we have together, and I pray that we will walk away different people than how we walked in. Uh, God, we love you, and thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Today is a turn of Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Today is uh, our campus Sunday, so if you look over here and you don't see all the campus students, that's because they're meeting in Manhattan at the uh, Time Center building, so it's it will be hundreds of campus kids down in Manhattan today enjoying themselves, but uh, this is still going to be a great day for all of us that are not in school. Uh, but in Luke chapter 10, the title of my lesson today is Don't Be Distracted. Don't Be Distracted. And I think this, this can fit no matter who you are or what stage in life you are. We can all be distracted by different things. So I want to read a story that I'm sure we've probably heard time and again, but I want to focus it in a different direction for us today. In Luke chapter 10, we're going to read uh, underneath where it says, At the home of Martha and Mary. We're going to start in verse 38. Luke 10, 38. It says, that Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is best, and it will not be taken from her. You know, I had many people after preaching this time and again uh, come up and say, you know, I think Martha was right. I mean, you just can't ignore all the things that have to be done. Stuff has to be done. I agree. There are things that need to be done. I've heard people even say, you know what, I think Jesus wasn't very fair in this situation when he came to these things. Well, Jesus is the most fair person there is. I think whatever he says and does is very fair. But you know... This is something that we all may feel like at times. Maybe you're hosting something at your house, uh, a 4th of July party, and you're doing the cooking, and you've got burgers grilling, and you're trying to set the table, and everybody else sitting in there watching TV, playing cards, just talking, and you're doing all the work, and you're sweating, and you're like, okay, I know somebody see me in here working. Ain't nobody going to help me. And then we just try to kind of get frustrated with things, and then burn a burger and give it to the lazy person. I mean, we start doing all kinds of stuff. Even if that's not the case, what about this? Say you're serving in kids' kingdom, and you're like, why am I always in here? I don't even have kids. Everybody else got kids, and they just sitting back enjoying the benefits, and they're not even in here serving and helping. Or, I'm always bringing people to church and Bible club, and I'm trying to be a good example, and all the people around me ain't doing nothing but coming in late. Not only not bringing nobody, but they're coming in late. We can get all these feelings that we're doing so much. Whenever somebody needs a ride, they call me all the time. I used to tell my daughter when she was driving before we moved here, I said, you better make sure your friends give you some money because your car does not run on friendship. Because she's driving everybody around, but then, Dad, can I have gas money? I'm not paying for you to drive them little baby kids everywhere they need to go. I'm like, hey, if somebody give you a ride, at least offer them a couple of dollars. Gas is about $9.99 anyway. Just give them something to help out. You're not a free Uber. You need to make sure you ask. 
If they bold enough to ask for a ride, you bold enough to say, can you give me some gas money? We got to help each other out in these things. Because sometimes we can feel like we're doing everything. We're not appreciated. We're not getting help. All these kids living in my house for free. They ain't cleaning up. They ain't doing their chores. We can get frustrated with everything. So we're not too far off the story of Martha and Mary. And every time you read it, it's just kind of like, okay, this is, this is frustrating right here. But you know what? The work has to be done. And I can understand where Martha's coming from. I mean, there's things that have to be done. Somebody's got to do the work. And I'm sure, okay, Jesus is there. So now she's trying to take care of Jesus, wanting to make it special for Jesus because he's coming to the house and his followers. So there's things that she's trying to do. We need to commend her for that effort of trying to get things done. But rather than this being a happy occasion because of Jesus, something happens and it changes the whole mood of the situation. Look again in verse 40, chapter 10, verse 40. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. You know, this can be the case. We can get so caught up in serving Jesus that we stop listening to Jesus. Her attention had been distracted from what was most important. Now again, was it important to have the food set up for everybody? Yes, absolutely. But you know what? We've still got to make sure that that does not become the priority. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, when Jesus was being tempted in the desert, and Satan tried to tempt him with some situations with food, actually, Jesus' reply was, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know what? We've got to make sure that our priorities are in this right place. It doesn't mean we can't get things done, but we still got to make sure our priorities are in the right place. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, he says there, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. It's referring to money here, but there's a lot of things that can come in the place of money. Now, often, we value ourselves on how busy we are. In all actuality, you'll finally find somebody you haven't talked to in a while, and you start talking, and your whole conversation is about how busy you are and all the things you got to do. There's no connection of friendship. It's just a list of things you got to do and how busy you are and how you're running around and how tired you are and your back hurt and your knees hurt. They just get into all those situations instead of the quality. Perhaps we need to stop rushing and start resting in Jesus. And this is what we got to see. We need to stop worrying about so many things and get our focus back on what is really important. You see, when we lose focus, there are certain things that happen. And this is what I'm going to talk about from this story. What happened to Martha because she lost her focus of Jesus? Because the things that happen to Martha can very well happen to us. So this is a, a preventative lesson. Don't let these things happen to you. If you've lost focus on Jesus, these things will occur. But then I also want to show you how to get the focus back if you have lost it. Well, how can I get it back or how can I stay focused on Jesus? So the first thing that occurs when we lose focus. A loss of focus causes us to question God's care. 
When we lose focus, we start to question, does God really care about me? When we start to question that, then we start to even think, well, does God even exist? Does he care about me? Does he love me? Look again in chapter 10, Luke 10, verse 4. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be done. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Notice the first thing that Martha says to Jesus. Lord, don't you care? See, when we lose focus of Jesus and who he is, we start to doubt whether or not he really even cares. There's an accusation in her voice. Lord, don't you care? Now, I'm not saying she was of, of color. She was doing all like this. Don't you care, Jesus? I'm not saying that, but just her attitude in it was, don't you care? Are you not paying attention to what's going on, Jesus? Don't you see all the work I'm doing? And there's Mary sitting over there chilling. Don't you see this? If you see it, you would do something about it. And that's our attitude sometimes. Well, if, if leadership sees it, why don't they do something? Well, if my Bible talk leader sees it, why aren't they doing something? Well, if you see it, why aren't you doing something? But sometimes when we lose focus of Jesus, we start to, to wonder, does he really care about us? Martha addresses Jesus with irritation in her voice. Now, you've got to admit, this was a gutsy woman to go to the Son of God and start asking him, doesn't he care, and see what's going on? What is his problem? I mean, that, that takes some nerve to do that, first of all. But when you lose focus on Jesus, you forget who Jesus is. And you start doing crazy stuff like that. You start getting angry at God, the person that gave you life, the person that saved you, the person that's here to help you. We get angry with him for different reasons. Martha is accusing Jesus of not caring for her because she was sure that if Jesus really cared, he would do something about the situation. Many times we are so sure that if Jesus is who he says he is, why is he not changing this situation? If you are who you say you are, Jesus, why are you not changing my disciples' spots? Why are they still acting this way? I got married in the kingdom of God. They should not be like that. They should be everything I dreamed that they should be. And I've been with this person for so long, and they still are the same way. Don't you care, Lord, about my peace of mind? I don't know. Have you ever felt like that, like God didn't care? I know I have. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm the only one that has. I know I have. We were in Oklahoma. I was leading the church, about 180 people. I was in the fire department doing all kinds of stuff, risking my life every day. Then we had our daughter who went through the surgery. She had cochlear implants. So I'm sitting here, like, trying to help the church, trying to save people in the city. I'm just working my butt off. And then summertime comes, and we all go to camp. So who do they have? I'm leading the camp for 300 and something kids all across the heartland. So I'm taking time off of work just to go serve during camp. So I'm just doing all kind of stuff. And then we get out there at camp, and my daughter, who has cochlear, she wears them, she loses a piece off of her cochlear out in the field. Now, that wouldn't be so bad, but these things cost $75,000 each. So I'm sitting there like, I ain't got no money. 
So we line up all the kids. I had these kids lined up hand in hand. And we all walking, looking on the ground, looking for this little piece. Where is that? And it's just a little small black piece. God, look at how much I'm serving. I'm preaching in the church. I'm on the fire department. I'm trying to help these kids. Why, why does she lose a piece of her stuff? Why do I want these other kids to just act in the food, lose something of theirs, a tennis shoe, something? Why? And so I'm starting to think, so then you start trying to be a Christian, like, okay, Lord, let me pray. And then I'm thinking, oh, the Lord just gave me an insight. Why don't I call the place and maybe it's still under warranty? Because I just got it about a year ago. So I'm thinking, you know what? The Lord answered this. Don't worry, y'all. I'm going to go call. I'm sure the Lord will take care of it. So I call the place and I say, this is what I need. We lost this. They said, you know what, Mr. Hooks? Your warranty expired two days ago. Two days ago. I'm thinking, God, don't you care? Don't you care? All this is going on. And, I, you know, when you see that glimmer of hope and you think this is it, and then that's not it. So we never fall. And so it's just a matter of, okay, God, don't you care? See, it's the time that I thought, God, don't you care? Just because I'm the preacher, I still have those battles in my own heart. So we can't act like we don't ever think, does God really care? But this is what we got to understand. God gives us scripture after scripture to remind us that he cares. Hebrews 13, verse 5. Hebrews 13, verse 5, it says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Money is, is not as important as a relationship with God. That is such a blessing. And he's saying, listen, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Just don't put money as your God. Keep me as your focus. Jeremiah 29, 11. We've heard this many times. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. He says, listen, I have plans for you you know nothing about. And I'm going to give you hope and a future. Trust me. I care about you. Matthew 10, verse 29 through 31. Matthew 10, 29 through 31. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your Father. And even the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. God takes care of his children. Amen. There are many times in life where you want God to speak and he doesn't. Let me say this. Don't judge the silence of God as being unconcerned for you. Just because he didn't answer your prayer does not mean he doesn't care for you. You've got to understand that. Because sometimes that silence, we, we start to get angry and, and vengeful and upset. No, no, no. That doesn't mean he doesn't care. We've got to be smart about that. But Martha was worried more about her biscuits than her blessings. 
You gonna eat them biscuits? She's just so worried about the biscuits instead of she's worried about more about her roast than her relationship. It's important that we keep the focus where it needs to be. And when we lose focus of Jesus, we start to wonder if he really cares about us. We need to remember that. That's what this is talking to us about. He cares for each and every one of us. So maybe you're not even a disciple yet. You're studying the Bible. You know what? He still cares for you. He still said, listen, I have a plan for you. And this plan is to prosper you, not to harm you. Now the second thing that happens when we lose focus is this. Loss of focus causes finding fault in others. When we lose focus of Jesus, we start to find fault in other people. And this is, this is interesting. Martha, finally, she's been cooking and doing stuff. She comes out the kitchen and she just explodes on Jesus. Again, in verse 40. When Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made, she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. She was upset. She's so upset. Listen to what she said. Lord. My sister is not even helping me. She wouldn't even call her by name. It's my sister. You know when you get mad, that's what happens. Even my kids come up to me. Your wife made me upset today. Your, your wife? That's your mama. What are you talking about your wife? You better get some respect in them lips, girl. But things happen. Kids come home with a bad grade. Lauren's like, your daughter needs to do a lot better in school. My daughter... You know what? When you're angry, it becomes nameless. You ever get angry and the church isn't doing this? My Bible talk isn't doing it. All of a sudden, nobody has names. It's my sister. My this. She is so angry, she goes to Jesus and says, My sister, how can Mary leave me like that? My sister won't even come and help me. That's what happens, guys. When we lose focus on Jesus, we start to blame everybody else around us. If everybody was doing it, we'd be better off. If everybody was doing it, we'd save the city. If Listen, think about it. If everybody in the church was just like you, how would the church really be? Think about your evangelism this week. How many friends do we have coming based upon your evangelism? Think about your prayer life this week. How much prayer will really be going on? Do you really want everybody to be just like you? But we start to find fault with other people when we lose focus of Jesus. Jesus, can't you see what's going on? Who does she think she is just sitting there doing nothing when I'm doing all the work? Have you ever been around people that when they get angry, you don't even want to be in the neighborhood? If the explosion don't kill you, the shrapnel will. I mean, there's just always something coming out later on. Let me show you a couple of scriptures on how the Bible talks about anger. James chapter 1, verse 19 through 20. James 1, 19 through 20. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Why? For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Guys, that anger is just making you ungodly. Proverbs 22, verse 24 and 25. Proverbs 22, verse 24 and 25. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered 
or you may learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. Well, I'm not like that. That's just how he is. Well, you keep hanging around him, you're going to be like that. Listen, you follow an angry kid home, knock at the door, there's going to be some angry parents answering the door. Let me correct that. Don't be following no kid home, first of all. But if you happen to see it, <laughs> if you have a problem with your anger, you're going to ask yourself, what am I focusing on? Because I'm pretty sure it's going to be other people and not Jesus. What does all this boil down to? Martha is feeling that life is not treating her fair. That's what she's saying. When they're angry at everybody else, you feel like life is not treating you fair. It's not right that I'm being treated this way. It's not right that they're doing this instead of doing this. Like, we know what everybody in the world should be doing. That's the sad thing. Point number three. When we lose focus, the loss of focus causes self-pity. The loss of focus causes self-pity. Again, in Luke chapter 10, verse 40. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the all work myself? The Bible says that Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. The word distracted means to be pulled away or dragged away. You know, you think about those scary movies and somebody all of a sudden is being dragged out a hallway by their feet. All you see is them scratching, trying to hang on or snatched under the bed. These words mean to be taken captive against your will. To be made a prisoner against your will. See, the implication here is that Martha did want to sit at Jesus' feet. She did want to be right there next to Mary listening to Jesus. She wanted those things in her heart. But... All the things that had to be done distracted her and took her away from what was most important. Now, of course, we need to take responsibility and, and do our responsibilities diligently. Yes, absolutely. But here's the thing. Sometimes we act so busy that it becomes an excuse for not acting righteously. We can act so busy that we're not acting righteous. Just because you got a long to-do list does not make you a Christian. And we can get caught up in this, 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 and that. But how are you living? You know what? We all got a lot to do, but how do you do it? Do you do it with a godly attitude? Or do you do it with a state attitude? I'm sorry, that was a little hood. Do you do it with a bad attitude? So you got to ask yourself, how do I do the things I do? You know why some people are ushers? Because they just can't put a smile on their face. Here, take it to me. Take it, take it, fool. Who wants Mr. T as an usher? You don't want that. You gotta understand. I mean, you, you gotta have the right attitude, even if there's stuff to do. But we act too busy to act right. Let me ask you this: couple of questions. Why do we miss quiet times in the morning? Because we're too busy. We're trying to get out the house and do what we gotta do. Why don't we have discipling times or mentoring times with our with the other brothers and sisters? We're too busy. Why don't we pray with our spouses or our kids every day? We're too busy. Why don't we bring a friend to church? We're too busy to invite people. You know what? You can be so busy that we're not being righteous. 
If we're at home and we even see our spouse or our kids, that's time enough to pray. Come here, let's say a little 10-second prayer together. I mean, seriously, are we so busy that we can't have time to even say a quick prayer? Martha wanted to listen to Jesus because Jesus came to have life and have life to the full. She wanted to sit by his feet. Why? Because he has the words of life. She wanted these things. But she let so many things distract her. So the question is, what is taking you captive today? What's distracting you? Are you bothered by something that I said and you're so distracted you can't hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? What is it? What's distracting you? What else you got to do? You, you walk to the train station in the rain, so you're just so dreading that so much. You, you can't listen, and you're just thinking, oh, man, I got my kids here. I can't listen to the sermon because I got kids in here instead of this is a training time for my kids. I mean, what is distracting you? I'm hungry. My stomach rumbling. What are your distractions? See, all of us can be taken captive by different things. Some of it's anger. Some people can be taken captive by anger to the point that they're so concerned about how they've been hurt or are being hurt right now that they can't hear Jesus talking to them. When we get distracted, Jesus brings us back. Look at what he says in verse 41. Luke 10, verse 41. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. Again, what is occupying your mind? Now, again, God may not answer your prayer right away. Is that occupying your mind? Why is you not? Why is you not? Why is you not? Let me share with you. Uh, last month, Sam Powell's brother was baptized down in Carolina. That's an encouraging thing. He went down there to preach in December of last year, brought his whole family to church, and then his brother kept coming to church after he left. So finally he was baptized. And he said he's been praying for his brother for 44 years to become a Christian. That's a long time of not having God answer your prayer, but still being faithful in your prayer. So what happens after that? Two weeks ago, his brother baptized his wife in the church. Again, 44 years of unanswered prayer did not discourage him. I mean, I'm sure he had his ups and downs, but it didn't dismay him from doing what he needed to do. How long does it take before we give up? Some of y'all ain't even 44 years old. So that's like praying longer than you've been alive. <laughs> But you got to think, it's just a matter of being faithful and not having self-pity. God didn't answer it right now, or this decade, or that decade, or that decade. But you know what? He's going to answer it. And you just keep living as if you know he's going to answer the prayer. Stop worrying and start praying. Fight the right fight, and that fight is against Satan. Mary and Martha, don't be distracted. Don't be pulled away by different things. But stay Focus on Jesus, and to God be the glory. Amen.